0: everybody, we are live. This is Tuesday night's Cowboys Metals live stream. I'm your host, Rob Keats with GoldSilverPros.com and we are broadcasting on July 26, 2022 from, of course, the great state of Texas where we tell you the truth and we don't take any BS and that's why you come to the channel. Where? Sound looks like it's good. As a reminder, everybody, we have a poll up as we always do on the live streams. Today's poll is... Has the government completely lost control of the economic narrative? In early voting, 62% of you say yes, 12% say no, and a quarter of the voters say they never had control of it. That's the poll. Please feel free to vote in that poll today. The title of today's presentation is The White House Freaks Out Over Recession Fears As Zimbabwe Embraces Gold. That's right. Zimbabwe is using gold as legal tender. And one of the reasons is to drive out what? The U.S. dollar. We'll talk about that more in just a moment, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we get into the presentation. But I want to talk about what happened at a White House press conference when a person was asked about the economy and stumbled all over answers. And I'm just going to play it and then give you my impressions of it after that. So we'll go ahead and get that part of running real quick sound check good to go guys welcome we have 27 people in thank you for showing up riding shotgun and doing the moderating duties as you participate we appreciate you thanks jake's custom parts ralph potts and everybody else that are in the live stream and we're going to go ahead and get started uh that the white house has an issue right now admitting to the recession they know it's coming and so they're doing everything in their power to tell people well we don't actually have one in here why so it started a couple of days ago with this release from the white house and i'm i'm showing my twitter post of it but this is from uh, whitehouse.gov and it says in here what is a recession so immediately off the bat you can tell that they're basically trying to redefine it because we all know what a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative gdp or lack of gdp growth if you will and Now they're trying to redefine and say, well, that's not the official term, even though that's what we've always used. Why? Because they can't admit that we're in a recession. And the highlighted parts here, while some maintain that two consecutive quarters of falling real GDP constitute a recession, that is neither the official definition or the way economists evaluate the state of the business cycle. Instead, both official determinations of recessions and economists' assessment of economic activity are based on a holistic look at the data, including the labor market, consumer and business spending, industrial production, and incomes. Based on this data, it is unlikely that the decline in GDP in the first quarter of the year, even if it followed another GDP decline in the second quarter, indicates a recession. Now, who in the hell in finance has ever tried to define a recession this way? It is never in the history that, that I see when we talk about recessions. And even on the Fed's own charts and graphs, it's always been defined by two consecutive quarters of falling real GDP. Always, even on the Fed's graphs, when you look at recessions on from Fred, which is their database, that's how those recessions have been defined. But the White House is now saying, "No, we're sorry. We need to redefine that." Well, why? Because they can't answer the question. And here's the really interesting one, folks. The White House holds a press briefing and get asked the question from a reporter, and she stumbles all over it and just listen to what she had to say. It's a very big week for the economy. So I read the C E A blog. Is the White House trying to change the common definition <laughs> of a, recession? It's a very big week? Because next Thursday the GDP numbers coming out are going to show made is made the
1: So let me say this. You know, the strength of our labor market along with the other economic uh factors is what what we generally see in a recession or even a pre a pre what it's not what we generally see in a recession or even a pre-recession because we're that's seeing what? the strength of the economy and the labor market. so that's really important uh, to note there, there, because those are uh, key elements as we talk about that, as folks keep asking us about that.
0: Well, yeah, they're going to keep asking about it because everybody generally accepts that we're in one. So it shouldn't really be a surprise to the White House, the office of the president.
1: So Americans across the country are back to work uh, at a historic level 21 states the most in history have unemployed rates unemployment rates at or below 3% Uh, that is an important number to note 14 states uh, are now at their lowest unemployment rates since this series began in 1976 and last month the unemployment rate was a new low in eight states. So again, the strength of our labor market, along with the economic indicators, is not what we generally see uh, as we talk about a recession or even pre-recession. But the
0: growth of the job for the three months trend, the growth of job growth in the U.S. is shrinking, is decreasing, and 7.5 million people, a growing number, are, are multi-jobs, meaning they have to work more than one job to afford A living. So is jobs really a good indicator? Now, that's something he brings up, which I'm also going to bring up when we actually look at the labor force participation rate here in a moment. He's basically saying, yeah, some people are working two jobs to make income that they had in one job before. And also that the labor force participation rate is down. There are more people who actually don't have jobs. And the U6 number that's defined as unemployment quoted in the media doesn't take that into account. We talked about a million times in the past. I'm going to talk about it again today, why the U6 does not match up with the labor force participation rate. And I'm going to tell you the one that actually tells the true story. You can guess it's labor force participation rate. And I'll explain that here in a moment. But there's such a great understanding by this reporter of the difference between unemployment and labor force participation, and also the fact that a lot of people are having to work extra jobs just to meet and make ends meet because of a loss of wage power in the United States due to inflation, not just this last year, but since 1913 with the introduction of the dollar? Good question by this reporter.
1: Look, here's what I would say. We've always talked about the strength of our economy. We've always talked about how historic it's been. And we've always talked about the transitioning, right? The transitioning to more stable uh, and steady growth. And so to your point about uh, the job growth there, this is what we have been kind of stating for the past uh, several months. Look, you know, the
0: economy created. If you're going to state something, you're in the White House, the office of the most powerful position in the entire world. You may want to not just kind of do anything. You're the leader of the free world and the biggest economy in the world. Why don't you step in not kind to do anything? Why don't you do something? Sorry, I just had to say that. I don't the kind of speak that she's using, she's totally backing away from what she's saying. And she you can tell she she's not confident in the answer she's given. She knows it's BS.
1: One point one million jobs in the second quarter. Uh, and so and around 375 jobs per month. Those are historic numbers. Uh, those are if you think about the 1.1 the million jobs.
0: It's not 375 jobs a month. I think she meant to say 375. <laughs> no, just, she's, she just stumbles over everything.
1: We are back to where we were uh, at pre-pandemic levels. So that Wrong. is what we see as strength of the Wrong. economy. Again, we're going to transition uh, into a more BS. steady uh, and steady growth.
0: The BS meter is all over this one. Remember, we're no BS show.
1: And, uh, and so we're going to continue the work that the president has set out to do uh, to make sure that we continue to deliver for the American- Okay,
0: survey says, eh, I'm going to get to the data in a minute, but I posted this on LinkedIn as well. We got a lot, as you can tell here, a lot of reaction to it. I wanted to highlight a couple. Nick Bereshev, who is the owner of BMG Group, founder and president of it, a metals fund up in Canada we've had on the show many times. Uh, here's his response. Totally unbelievable. What is a pre-recession? Are they just coming up with stuff? So scripted to the point that she needs to keep reading this script. She has no clue what she is saying. The US really needs to be worried. I agree with everything that Nick has here to say. What the hell is a pre-recession? Have we ever defined that term? Is the White House throwing that out there to confuse people instead of talking about recession, which is a well-defined term that everybody's agreed upon in history. Now, all of a sudden, we got to introduce a new term to confuse people while we go redefine the old term so that we don't have a recession because you'd rather avoid it and do all this crap instead of just addressing the problem, which is patently absurd. But that's the leadership that we have in the White House right now. Another question by Peter Jaitsko. Hopefully I said your name correctly, Peter. WTF is a pre-recession. Ah, it's a recession happening before a recession. Um, Ian Ullman says, the strength of our labor market was an interesting add-in since we just finally regained the number of jobs lost to COVID two years later. At least they didn't use job growth. Well, actually we didn't regain the jobs, but he's making a good point that at least we're not talking about job growth because no, we've not had job growth since the last financial crisis in 2009. I'm sorry. Um, Paul Hartday says, job numbers are backward looking and always fall. Once it's obvious we're in a recession, they might be regretting these statements in a few weeks. Um, Robert Simkavitz says the Kamala sizing, he's talking about the VP Kamala and and using that term in a way that uh, she said something and now people have sort of glommed onto it. The Kamala sizing about the recession we're currently in is getting old, cut government regulations and federal spending now. Biden and his handlers are fools, never vote for a leftist Democrat. Now, I don't necessarily share those particular beliefs, but you can see that people are fed up with this administration. Now, I did want to point out that it's not this administration's fault we're in a recession. Yes, they've had some damaging policies, but look, we've had the dollar since 1913. There have been a few presidential administrations and turnover of Congress and turnover of judges since that time. So we can't lay it all on the current administration. That's not what I'm trying to do here. But what I'm trying to say is that they're not properly addressing the problem. They're avoiding it. And this is not the leadership we need at this particular point in time. That's the point I'm trying to make. And I think that's a pretty fair point to make. I don't think anybody would really disagree with that. All right, checking back on you guys. Remember, Super Chats are open. They help the channel and I guarantee that I will answer your question when I see that Super Chat come up. So please remember that you can do that and help out the channel. If you're not signed up for Super Chats or don't uh, know how to do them, you can put your question in the regular chat. I'll try to get to it. We get a lot of people in these live streams and sometimes we can't quite get their base question, but I'll do my best. Sorry guys, I accidentally closed the poll early. (laughs) The question was, has the government lost control of the economic narrative? Yes, no, and they never had control of it were the options. Sorry that I closed the poll. Go ahead and just answer it in the comments if you wish. I'm pretty sure based on early polling results, people weren't too confident that the government had any control over the economic narrative at this point. Not not only did not have control of the economy, but the narrative around it, I think people are starting to look at them as basically silly boys and girls. And we're not done yet because I said I would do labor force participation rate uh, from the Fed. And I'm gonna do that. I'm actually looking that up right now. And we will pop that up on the screen. And what is a labor force participation rate? And why does anyone care? Because a labor force participation rate is simply the amount of people that could work and the percentage of those that are working. The most basic definition of employment that you can have. And it allows you to compare period to period. Now, the first thing I want you to notice from the FRED database of the Fed is that these are recessions. Okay. Recessions are highlighted in gray on their charts. And it's defined as two consecutive quarters of declining GDP or not real GDP growth, as as was defined by the White House. It has nothing to do okay, with uh, the unemployment number, the U6, with other economic factors. It was just that, and the White House is trying to adjust it. But again, all of our charting, all of our statistics, all of the information that we use is using that common definition. If you change that definition, it's going to cause you to make bad decisions and not understand economic history. It is so dangerous to change definitions of things later on, to hide certain aspects is something you don't want people to understand. It doesn't lead to good policy making and good decisions by the central bank or the government. Well, where are we in labor force participation? Well, we had peaked right before, if you remember back to the tech crisis in 2000, 1999, 2000 timeframe, we had the big tech blow up and the tech meltdown, you know, the original internet stocks and things like that. And of course, we had a recession right there. And labor force participation rate has fallen all the way since. Now, the quote from the White House representatives is what we've recovered our employment back to pre pandemic. Well, it was right here at about 63.4. Right now, we're sitting at 62.2. That's total number of people that could work and total number of people that are working. So we've lost over a percent since the begin, beginning of the pandemic. And that's what the U6 number won't give you. Why? Because the U6 number, after somebody's been unemployed for a year, they just roll you out of the system, they roll you off the database. You don't exist anymore, according to U6. So all of this declining labor force participation gets masked by the U-6 because as soon as it goes a year, that data just falls off. And that's why the U-6 can go up while the actual total uh, unemployment or employment in the United States actually goes down. Okay, so that's why we look at labor force participation rate. I think the White House is wrong on that. And if you're going to define if you're going to redefine a recession away from GDP, which is economic output and you're gonna put it into just the labor category, you have to include labor force participation rate. We do not have more people earning jobs able to support themselves than we did back in, uh, prior to the last big recession, great recession, prior to the tech crisis, prior to uh, the 80s and high inflation, we actually peaked somewhere around the tech crisis. So the last 22 years, we've had declining labor force participation, less people able to afford to support themselves, period. We've also had mass amounts of the older generations staying in the workforce because they can't retire. That is an issue. And so when the White House ignores the problem instead of addressing it directly, that causes issues. All right, back to the share. So we have more for you. Uh, I wanted to let you guys know that Zimbabwe has to be gold coins as legal tender to stem inflation. Why is this story important? Zimbabwe is not the biggest country in the world. Zimbabwe itself reinstituting gold as money is not going to launch a raft of this across the world, but there's a particular reason why this is important. Listen to the reason given by the government to why they made gold money in Zimbabwe, who has had currency issues repeatedly. Zimbabwe has launched gold coins to be sold to the public in a bid to tame runaway inflation that has further eroded the country's unstable currency. Why does Zimbabwe have inflation? Because there's so many dollars printed, we export it. And anything that are bought in dollars from Zimbabwe drives their currency through the roof. It's called exporting inflation. Economists have always known about it and talked about it, and that's what's happening. The dollar is systematically destroying other currencies, because of the demand for dollars in this petrodollar system that destroys the purchasing power of the countries that make all the stuff that we buy at a cheap rate and can't make sufficient profits and their currency collapses while we export our inflation through the dollar. It's not hard to figure out how that works. Zimbabwe has launched gold coins to be sold to the public in a bid to tame runaway inflation that has further eroded the country's unstable currency. By the way, for those of you listening on the podcast, I'm reading from ABC News News. A uh, story published on July 26, 2022, titled Zimbabwe to abuse gold coins as legal tender to stem inflation. You can find it at abcnews.go.com. The unprecedented move was announced Monday by the country's central bank, the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe, to boost confidence in the local currency. Trust in Zimbabwe's currency is low after people saw their savings wiped out by hyperinflation in 2008, which reached 5 billion percent, according to IMF. Not 5 percent, Ladies and gentlemen, we have eight point, no, we have 9.1% inflation, 9.3%, something like that in the latest inflation print. They had 5 billion percent. When you get to 5 billion percent, you get tired of printing more zeros on paper currency and you turn to gold. So guess what happens to all the other failing currencies as they fail around the world? What are they going to turn to? Probably gold, I would imagine. With strong memories of that disastrous inflation, many Zimbabweans today prefer to scramble on the illegal market for scarce U.S. dollars to keep at home as savings for daily transactions. Faith in Zimbabwe's currency is already so low that many retailers don't accept it. The central bank dispersed 2,000 coins to commercial banks on Monday. The first batch of the coins was minted outside the country, but eventually they would be produced locally, according to the governor of the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe. So it's the central bank that decided to issue gold. Let that sink in for just a moment, ladies and gentlemen. The central bank of a country with a failing currency, gold. the central bank, which had issued all the currency that caused that is now failing, is turning to gold. What does that tell you is going to happen when the dollar comes under pressure, when the euro comes under pressure, when the yuan comes under pressure, when the yen comes under pressure, when the various pesos come under pressure, when the loony comes under pressure, when they all come under pressure, what are they going to turn to? Gold, 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 silver, 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 silver. silver. Not hard. The government is trying to moderate the very high demand for the US dollar because this high demand is not being matched by supply. So the dollar is not their base currency. They're using it instead of their own currency, which is torched and is used as firewood. And they can't get enough dollars the way they do go to gold. The expectation is that there will also be modern. Moderation in terms of depreciation of the local currency, which have some kind of stabilizing effect. In other words, they don't know what the hell is going to happen to their currency. They're just making crap up. That's government speak. I'm just going to be honest with you. You're going to moderate the blah, blah, blah. No, you're going to use gold because your currency blew up. That's what that is. Okay, we just want to make that clear. Any individual or company can buy the coins from authorized outlets, such as banks, and can keep the coins at a bank or take them home, according to announcement by the country's central bank. Foreigners can only buy the coins in foreign currency, said the central bank. I mean, it just goes on and on, and they're talking about this and how they're doing it and why they're doing it, and over and over and over again, countries with deflating currencies and economic problems turn to gold, period, okay? So that's the blueprint for what's going to happen over here and all the Western system when it starts to go to crap, okay? Not rocket science. People will say, no, gold's an ancient relic and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. No, it is is real money. It is nature's money, God's money, if you're a Christian. In any case, it's natural. It follows natural economic laws. It's what people turn to when there is a crisis, when the man-made systems fail. We know that the BIS has emphasized gold in their new framework. We know China and Russia are hoarding it. And we know that when countries have currency problems and economic problems, they turn to it it hasn't changed ladies and gentlemen just because we're in 2022 and we have technology does it mean that you can get rid of natural money and natural economic law technology should support natural economic law it cannot replace it because it is not natural economic law and you're trying to replace a natural system that supports the people and savers and value creation over time and supports people saving their labor in forms of a money they can use later with an artificial system designed to enrich and give power to the money mastered elites, the central banks. And it's interesting when that system that they have designed fails, what they go back to, the natural system. Why? Because artificial systems can't work, but the natural system always does. When the natural system, I'm sorry, when artificial systems fail, when the humans fail, when they F it all up, the central banks screw it up and the government screw it up, what do we go back to? We go back to natural law. What represents natural law? And, and the natural laws of money and economy, it would be gold and silver, which is why they have been money for 6,000 years. And you can invent all the digits you want and you can tell that they're digital gold and silver, but they aren't. Okay. Does so it make sense? A very simple concept. A lot of people don't know. It's not in anything uh, that they're looking at in school. It's not taught in finance. I know I took a corporate finance class. I had a business degree, business with a concentration of technology for my bachelor's. I took corporate finance. I took corporate accounting. And everyone's talked about all this stuff we're not taught. We're not taught. And that's why, but the smart people know, and that's why we see the trend. Now I, I, last week, I think we had Andy um, Sheckman from miles Franklin on the show. And he said that he had a billionaire lady that lived in Texas that bought $50 million of gold and silver. And she started with 900,000 silver Eagles and the rest was in gold. And Andy said he was able to fill that order, but he had to call in every paper he had because it was really hard finding that many uh, silver coins. Well, he admitted that on our show in a roundtable with Chris Marcus from Arcadia Economics and Dave Kranzler from Investment Research Dynamics. You can see our picture here. Well, this article made it to Zero Hedge, called "Silver Buyer of Up to $1 Billion Dollars in Coin Emerges." Our video is up there. You can watch it at Zero Hedge if you want. This is basically a one-minute clip in which Andy describes this billionaire lady coming in to buy. Uh, I think it's fifty million dollars of gold and silver, which include nine hundred thousand silver equals and other coins and bars. The reason I bring this up is not just to Tudor Horn say we got on Zero Hedge. It's my second time being on there, which is great. Uh, first time was about 12 years ago when I wrote a story on the economy or six part series on the economy. And then it being like a 40 page PDF that, that Zero Hedge put up. This is our second re- or second uh, piece that's gone up there. It's not just a Tudor Horn on that. It's really to say that people, big people are coming in and I'm not talking about the institutions. I'm not talking to bull, bullion banks. We mentioned that the volume banks are going long last night on Liberty and Finance in derivative positions in silver, and they're moving long, although no, not net long yet, but are moving long in gold. They're net long in silver right now, which is a complete reversal of the last 12, 13 years. And they appear to be going net long in gold because they're dropping shorts. And so you see those players have, have started to go long. However, now what I'm talking about are just wealthy individuals, not corporations, producers, merchants, wealthy individuals. Are buying massive amounts of precious metals. And this happens every time before a big collapse. Now, go back to the discussion we're having today. We're talking about the White House not to admit we're having a recession, trying to redefine the term and get people to buy off on it, where people are basically calling BS. Um, they're trying to obscure the fact that we have not recovered all the jobs that we had or all the people that want jobs can get jobs. Uh, we, we see other people around the world turning to gold. They know what's up. okay. And we see people buying big gold and silver. We know what's up. They're trying to cover it up. The government's just trying to do a classic cover up. They don't want to panic people. They want people to freak out. They don't want lawlessness. God knows we have enough problems here in America and around the world. So I understand why they're trying to do it. But right now they're not helping. Okay. I have another story that we'll report later. Another dealer that I know, uh, one of uh, the people in in my network, uh, whom uh, is one of my followers, reached out to one of the bullion dealers I know. And has ordered several million dollars of metal and this again this is coming from our network within the last week and i'll give details later when it's all confirmed i don't want to i don't want to give details till it's confirmed but it looks like that transaction has gone through essentially and so what that means is somebody in my network just went and bought three million dollars worth of metal somebody in andy's network just went and bought 50 million dollars worth of metal people are buying the metal so if you're if you're a precious metals investor and you're worried about Where the physical metal stands, don't worry about it so much. And you guys that have seen my videos over the last couple of weeks where I have talked about, uh, I'm going to stop the share here for a sec, where I have talked about silver flowing off the comex. I've done those videos multiple times where I show you the inventory numbers. And if you follow Mike Say, one of our channel moderators, he's here today and you follow his Twitter, he documents COMEX and and the silver flowing off and some gold starting to flow off too. And not just from registered out of the the trading pool, but completely off the depositories. Like people are saying, give me my gold and silver. That's because there's so much physical demand. So forget the spot price now, don't worry about it. Forget the government lies on where we are in the economy. What this is, is wealthy to do connected people who know what's going on in the economy are rushing to gold and silver right now, but they're not telling you so that you can protect yourself and you can go get it. okay? So you, in my opinion, need to listen to what the big money's doing and consider doing the same thing yourself if you haven't already. Again, I'm not your financial advisor. But when this happens in the metal markets, it presages and previews and foreshadows, if you will, what's going to happen in that market. Think about it. Bullion banks going net long and silver working their way towards net long and gold, not there yet. Big wealthy individuals taking tons of it. Retail premiums on silver being the highest ever have. And by the way, I'm gonna prove that. Uh, I've said this on the program before that retail premiums in my research are on silver specifically, are higher than they've ever been. So let's go to a website that a friend of mine put together. He's a FinTech guy, uh, doesn't necessarily wanna be known by his name, uh, but put together this site called exploringfinance.shinyapps.io and we go to the gold silver tab and we get this interesting data on the bullion and it loads in real time. So for those of you wondering why the the website wasn't displaying the data, it loads it in real time. So it actually goes to the database and reloads because he's got, the system is basically set up to pull this data every time you load the page. So it's a great page, just be, uh, take your time with it. It's right now doing the calculations. You'll see the charts pop up here in a second. Here we go. So according to Monix, which is one of the sites he grabs information from, the silver American Eagles, as uh, depicted in this pink line, have almost premium per almost 60% on Monex. So the highest premiums on silver from the recent future, and I think this actually goes back farther in some of my other research. I had to get data other places. But the silver Eagle, highest premiums. But look at all the premiums are up with the exception of the spot prices down. So the black line is down. So spot price goes down. But all of these issuances of silver going up according to Monex. What about Bullion Star? Same thing, premiums going up at Bullion Star. What about historical spread between premiums and different weights of silver? Again, you go back to the one ounce silver maple, that's a government issued coin Canadian one, it's much higher. Whereas the regular bars are not, right? So those popular issuances of silver are all time high premiums, but all the premiums are going up. Here's for silver maple ounces, Canadian maple leaf. Historical spot premium trend. You can see since the last financial crisis, they've gone up. But since 2016, when they had sort of that head fake in the gold silver market, they've gone up, meaning people were always demanding more physical, always demanding more physical. This is a price chart, guys. This is a premium chart. This indicates higher demand than spot price. It means no matter how low spot price goes, people demand more. And then in, in the last two years since the pandemic, it's completely gone off the charts for silver. Why? Because people are demanding it. The data is clear. Look at the data. The data is clear. And and the buyback prices are going up too. But there's so much demand right now that the premiums are so high. And the premiums are so high because people are buying it. So the physical market is so robust and strong. So robust and strong. Why? Because people are heading for the exits. Somebody very quietly didn't shout in a theater fire. They texted 10 of their bu- their rich buddies in the theater fire, and they're fairly slowly getting up and walking out of the theater before the fire actually ignites. And then 10 minutes after they walk out, the fire's going to ignite and the rest of the people in the theater are going to be scrambling around. What the hell do we do? You know, here's an exit door here and here's an exit door here. Hope you can make it. Don't get burned. But the smart money communicated, took their position, got out. That's what's happened. And you can clearly see it in the data. All the while, the government is sitting there blatantly lying to you about what's going on. They're holding press conferences to blatantly lie to you. And this is what I uncover as an auditor because it's what I did. This is why this is the No BS channel. This is the No BS channel for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. And what we do here is we give you the data. And thank you guys. We have 275 in the chat right now. Thank you, everybody, for being here. I do not see any super chats. That must mean, guys, that you have no questions whatsoever. You guys are smart and figure all this out, which wouldn't surprise me. You're the smartest audience and YouTube land, in my opinion. And I think you guys see what's going on. And you guys have woken up for sure. You guys have 100% woken up and understand what is going on. And that's abundantly clear. The rest of the world, I think, is starting to wake up. People are starting to call out the BS. And it's almost gotten indefensible at this point. We saw the video with that lady in the in the press conference. She was not prepared adequately for that. She is not the economic export expert across uh, the government. She's there to deliver information as a as a a press secretary. Uh, somebody uh, represents the administration, but she's not the expert in the details. And that team did not prepare her. And the reason they didn't prepare is because they don't really have anything to give you. They don't have anything concrete to give you. They got to try to redefine the term, which is a snake's way of getting out of responsibility, is what they're trying to do. They're trying to lawyer approach. Let's just redefine the term so we don't have to worry about the consequences. That's why when Bill Clinton was on trial, he basically said, depends on what the meaning of the word is, is. Because if you train, if you redefine the meaning of the word, then you don't have to have responsibility. That's essentially what's happening to this White House. OK, it's, it's them not taking responsibility again. Is it all their fault? No, but they should be letting the people know what's going on. You can kind of do it in a soft way without causing a panic, but you kind of need to know and let people know what's going on, because if we get to a Zimbabwe situation, do we have those eight thousand tons of gold that the U.S. can release into coins and bars like Zimbabwe's doing right now? Are we going to be able to to help people survive what's coming? Because obviously the smart money is getting out of the way of the dollar and they're going into metals obviously, and we've seen lots of transactions which emphasize that. You know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know how the people are gonna be aware of this other than these types of presentations. We're here to try to educate you and help you because if we don't bring in this information, you could be blindsided. And thankfully you guys come here and, and pay attention to this and other people's channels and you're well-informed. Thank you everybody for joining the program. This is gonna be a bit of a short one. We're trying to make these lives a little bit shorter because they get really long and a lot of technical information sometimes. Uh, This one, not so much. I don't want to wear you guys out, but that also gives us plenty of material to use for further presentations. Well, two more presentations this week. I have a very popular guest returning to the show. Uh, You guys are going to like him. Um, And he comes on every once in a while and gives us the 411 on the economy. And guess what? He's going to do it again, and he's going to be on Thursday. I have another very special guest we've already recorded that's going to come out Friday. So we got Two really good interviews for you guys coming out later in the week that I think you are thoroughly going to enjoy. And last but not least, if you guys are interested in getting bullion, yes, we have an affiliation. If you've decided to do that and you want to get bullion, I think you can get it here probably cheaper than just about anywhere else. There could be some other really good deals out there. Who knows? But it's in an arc silver. So you go to goldsilverpros.com. You click on the precious metals deal button that takes you down here. We click on access deals and you get the form. And on the form, you can call the number, you can text the number, you can send an email or you can fill out the form. Just let them know you came from Gold Silver Pros, uh, whitelist this email and this number, which is Ian's number, and he'll get back to you within 48 hours and get you your medal. And he'll get it cheaper than just about any place. And he's good at filling really big orders. He's done some really, really big orders. And I've heard nothing but positive comments from people that have ordered through him and have mentioned Gold Silver Pros. So if you want the metal, it's a good place to get it. Plenty of other places as well, up to you. I'm not your financial advisor, just giving you an outlet for you guys in case you're looking at it. I've already taken my position metals over the years. I'm going to add to my stack. Uh, we've got some money maybe coming in. I'm thinking about selling some of my other assets, really good long-term assets to, to get more levered into the metal. People will say I'm crazy at current prices. I think they're wrong I'm going to lever up a little bit and go a little bit extra cash to be financially flexible as we go into this recession, which is going to start raging. Um, that, that's not telling you what to do, but you may want to think about making similar preparations if you haven't. But that's the day of today, guys. The White House freaks out over recession fears as Zimbabwe embraces gold. A lot of stuff going on right now. The news is important. I know you guys like my research pieces. This news is super important because it demonstrated a bunch of things. The White House is going to lie to you. People are going to go to gold when they need to. And if you're not in, you're going to be left without a chair when the music stops. And I think there are going to be millions of people left without chairs. It's not a game of musical chairs where there's only one chair short of the people trying to sit. You know, and you go to um, it, it's essentially a game in which there's a million people in 10,000 chairs. And a lot of people aren't going to get their chair when the music stops. You don't want to be one of those people. Uh, and, and I think that uh, that's why you come here. And I appreciate you guys coming here. All right. We're going to wrap it up again. Cowboy Medals Live every Tuesday, 5.30 p.m. Central Time here on Gold Silver Pros' YouTube channel. Of course, you can go to goldsilverpros.com. You can go to Twitter, and you will find us on Google. Just search us up. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Ten o'clock time, this is Rob Keats.